welcome to the SPS Digital Learning Hour. Brought to you by the Digital Learning and Assessment Department. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Mike Thomas. And I'm Suzanne Zargis. We're bringing you the latest news in Springfield Public Schools in regards to technology, along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using technology in the classroom. We'll also inform you of latest updates, practices, and news as it pertains to our district. Whether you are new to using technology in the classroom or are a seasoned vet, we are here to help. Welcome back. This week's In Case You Missed It, the latest blog post is up and it is all about lessons. It's a new feature in Brightspace that allows you to track standards that you're teaching and apply them to your content. One little caveat with it though is everything you can do in content you can't quite do yet. They are working on making everything up and running, I think by October, if it's something that you're interested in trying. We can add it to your course and you'll be able to create files, add links, pull stuff from your OneDrive, and you can attach standards to it. Go check out the blog post. In case you missed it, the course names in Brightspace have changed. Please see My SPS Announcements under OITA to understand the details of these course name changes. We understand they can be a little confusing, but once you read the announcement, I think it will all make sense. Don't hesitate to contact DLA support if you still have questions after reading the announcement. In case you missed it, the past few weeks we've done a few webinar trainings with Dino, which is our tool to software monitor the students. It is a fantastic tool. You can do lots of different things, including limits what they're doing on the web. If you do not know your password and login for that, you have to click on Forgot Password, enter your email, and then you'll get an email prompting you to reset passwords. That's just the way that they set it up. Also, if you miss the webinars, they are posted on OITA's page, and we'll try to get them posted up on Brightspace in the next week so that you can have access to these webinars, which allow you to see how to use Dino and how to use it effectively. That's it for In Case You Missed It. Coming up next, Hot Takes. Welcome back for this week's hot takes. We've got a very hot take for you right now, and that is Suzanne. We're adding another cast member to our podcast. Yes, very excited about this, and I think all our listeners will be excited as well. We now have Brendan Reed joining our podcast. Thanks, Mike and Suzanne. Uh, for everybody who's listening, my name is Brendan Reed. I've been with the district for a year now. Uh, my background is in education. I graduated from the Elms College what seems like a not too recent three years ago, uh, after which I worked at Wilbraham Munson Academy in Redeker Software in Hamden, Massachusetts. Uh, my role on the DLA team here is to support uh, MCAS and other functions of digital learning, so Brightspace and anything that you could, you could think of, really. So I'm really excited to be joining the podcast. So we have let Brendan away from the MCAS portal that it is. Can't think of a better word than portal right now, but it can be all-encompassing. It's been his, it, you've worked on it for what? The, you're pretty much your entire first year 
was around MCAS, right? Uh, yeah, suffice to say, I did do a lot of work with the MCAS, had a lot of great experience with our schools um, as we transitioned towards the next generation assessment. But fortunately for me, my, my world doesn't revolve completely <laughs> around MCAS because if it did, I think I'd, I'd probably go nutty. Um, I do have a lot of experience uh, working with learning management systems. So within my experience at Redacre Software, a company that made a learning management system, much like Brightspace, I learned a lot about how PowerSchool and Brightspace talk to each other and how Brightspace is supposed to work. And I've had a lot of great experience working with educators and administrators, better utilize Brightspace. Um, I look forward to continuing that trend uh, with Michael and Suzanne. So that's the fun part of the job, definitely, for sure. Um, and again, it's encouraging. Uh, recently, Suzanne, Michael, and myself reviewed some numbers um, about data usage, instructor usage within Brightspace, and we saw some really encouraging trends of educators adding content, significantly increased logins. So we're, we're seeing an upward tick in folks using Brightspace, which is exciting. So we're obviously promoting digital learners here in the district. So that's the fun part of the job for sure. But yes, uh, I do do a lot of work with MCAS. All right. Well, we're happy to have you, Brendan. And uh, Mike, as you know, so much of what we talk about in the various articles that we've discussed, uh, so many concepts within education intertwine and, and mm -hmm. cross over um, different topics, which is why I wanted to bring Brendan in. So he's got all this MCAS experience, but he also has learning management system experience and he knows the, the types of questions that are, that are on MCAS, and he's familiar with all things technology. So here we are again, overlapping our expertise. And I'm sure that Brendan has a wealth of knowledge and, and readings that he's done that will help our listeners understand how important technology is in the classroom and that it's it's not just for MCAS, it's for overall learning, but they do overlap. So I'm looking forward to everything you have to offer. Thank you, Sam. take this week has to do with a website and in particular a lot of times we haven't focused on particular sites for planning purposes for lesson planning purposes that is but this is one that came up that is fantastic so many of you especially at the higher elementary and middle school levels have either probably read wonder as a grade as a school the book by rj palaccio i'm probably pronouncing that wrong but I think I'm pretty close, is all about this student named Augie Pullman. It's his first time entering public school after being homeschooled for the first four years of his schooling life. And one of the things with Augie is that he has a rare medical facial deformity. And so the book really teaches empathy. It teaches strong characteristics. And one of the things that's great about this site is there's a lot of lesson plans that go along with wonder. What kind of inspired this whole thing was last week I saw a trailer for the movie version of Wonder and it made me start to tear up and I'm like, oh, this was one of the things I loved when I was teaching. And I was wondering if there were ways to integrate technology into teaching a book or teaching from a book. And this is one of the sites that I found. I think it's a great resource, Mike. I, I remember uh, when I was teaching, you know, you're constantly searching for the these great resources to deliver exactly the type of lesson that you have in your mind. So 
I loved that there were so many books on the site, not just Wonder, but um, for every age range or grade range, it's very easy to uh, find something that might fit into your lesson. So I think many teachers um, will love this site. And I think you said that that many teachers already know about this site. So um, it's Well, maybe definitely... not this site, but the book itself. The oh, Wonder okay. Book. So this is literacyshedblog.com. So it's got a lot of great resources that I know I found when I was teaching. One thing that I noticed, I was impressed by, I guess is the right word, was the, the spreadsheet that they used. This isn't some fancy website that costs you know a whole ton of money to put together this looks like it was a teacher who started it it's a simple excel spreadsheet somebody just had the idea to put all of this great information in one place so that everyone could access it so definitely worth checking out of course i do have to mention my my counterpoint as i've done several times in the past one of the first thoughts i had in introducing video as related to a book is uh, similar to when a movie for any book, right? Is the movie going to be better than the book? How is that going to affect a, a student's learning? And is it going to affect a child's ability to visualize on their own? And I wanted so badly to find a, an article to go along with this, but I wasn't able to do it. So I'll have to follow <laughs> up on that. But um, all in all, still a fabulous resource for teachers and a, a great place for them to start if they're if they're fearful of so many other things technology related, this is a really easy place to start, I think. Go to this mm -hmm. website, find the, the video that goes along with the book you want to teach, mm -hmm. and, um, and just see where it leads you. I think it's great. Just to expound upon Suzanne's point, I mean, uh, you know, one of our main goals here in Springfield, obviously, is to create digital learners um, in our district. And what a great way to, to support that cause. Um, you know, the story of wonder is well known. It's a phenomenal story. And I would definitely encourage any teacher to, to take, a, take a look at this website, literacyshedblog.com. Uh, I think you'll be really impressed with the resources that are offered. The movie will be good, but to kind of talk about your point, Suzanne, of comparing the books to the movies, I immediately jumped to Harry Potter because the books and the movies are vastly different because the movies focus just on a particular storyline. They focus on Harry's storyline. But all the books, as you read through them, Hermione's got a lot of great character arcs. arcs. Ron has a lot of great character arcs. Even the House of Slytherin has some character arcs that we don't necessarily get in those movies. And so a lot of times, I know when I was teaching, like students would say, oh, I watched the movie. I'm like, well, you don't know any because they haven't read the book yet. And when they read the book, they end up saying, this book is so much better than the movies. Why didn't they put everything in it? And then you turn around and be like, well, that would be like a six hour movie. <laughs> Are you going to watch a movie for six hours? I'm like, no. So I think that's really where it comes down to is in the books, there's so much more detail. And even if you watch the movie and then read the book, you'll still, most people will say that the book is better in general, unless it's Twilight. I've heard that Twilight movies are better than the books because the books aren't terrible. <laughs> Okay, I can't offer my opinion on that because I haven't read it. But um, but I, I don't know if you mentioned this already, Mike, um, that there are teachers' guide on mm -hmm. on this website as well. So um, teachers don't need to make everything up on their own. They can definitely benefit from the guides that are there. Yeah, and also along with the guide, they include all these little short little videos which focus on different characteristics from the book. 
And so I watched a few of them. The one called The Present kind of like blew me away. It was a boy, about a boy who gets a present and he isn't very grateful for it. But then as you see over the time of the video, like he starts to see like why his mom brought it, brought the gift to him. I don't want to give anything away. It does make you a little teary-eyed and a little bit happy at the same time. So with this literacy blog site, for this particular blog post that they have, The Wonder of Wonder, it talks about wonder. I know that I've used this site for other things, including teaching creative writing. They have one where you watch a music video and you try to dissect why the director did what they did and if the song matches the video. And so... It's pretty awesome. Some of the videos that they used, um, one of them was a song called Titanium. And it got me really excited because I loved the movie Super 8 and the main character in the video is from Super 8. But as you're like listening to the song and watching the visuals, they don't necessarily match until the very last moment. And so it was great to like spur a discussion, get the students to work on their own creative writing. The site has that plus so many more things. That's great to know. Uh, and this will be posted, Mike, on the uh, blog? or the It'll be in our show notes. Show notes. Thank you. I was having a brain cramp there. It's all right. It's a Monday morning <laughs> here in the office. So it's a very busy Monday morning. So that's what we have for Hot Takes this week. The wonder of wonder and welcoming Brendan to the podcast. That's it for this week's Hot Takes. Coming up next, our interview with Sheila Sloliak of Forest Park Middle School. Hi, my name is Sheila Slawiak. I teach at Forest Park Middle School, grades 6, 7th, and 8. I've been in the uh, Springfield District for 10 years, and I've been a teacher for 14. So in your four years before coming to Springfield, and then your earlier time in Springfield, what was technology like for you in the classroom? At uh, Whitebrook Middle School, um, they had all apples, and so I ran a lab with Apple computers. At Kylie, I was spoiled. They got a brand new lab. <laughs> so um, I've always been with a lot of technology. Have For your whole 14 years, have you been the technology teacher, or did you teach other classes? Well, I taught math and science. You taught math and science. So what made you take the jump from teaching math and science to technology? I have a business background that's uh, pretty much all technology. So I was a technical writer um, and a technical communicator. And then, um, I worked in manufacturing, was a global consultant and a business architect. So you're coming into it with a wealth of outside knowledge, not only from your other jobs, but then also from being a classroom teacher into an IT teacher. With all of that, what are some of the things that you have done in the past that have been, that you have felt were really successful with your students? Well, uh, at Whitebrook Middle School, when we had GarageBand, um, I had a group of students that wanted to create their own music get a copy written, and then their music teacher took a piece of software and created the music sheets for that, collaborated with the band director at high school, and that was the first song that they want, um, that they learned with their instruments. Wow, that is awesome. So that was with uh, Max. What about in the Springfield District? In the Springfield District, um, 
at Kylie, my second year at Kylie, my students took first in Western uh, Massachusetts an award for multimedia and the videos. Wow, so you've got a lot of video and music production within your classes, and it sounds like a lot of great collaboration with teachers. Is that something that's still going on today, is collaborating with other teachers in the building? Yes, in fact, our principal just this year just made our schedules where the last period of the day from 2.50 to 3.30 is all collaboration. So um, teachers have already been calling me and, you know, giving out their laptop cards and, you know, it's, it's going to be an awesome year. That is exciting. So this is PD Week um, and we are in your building now. Uh, what are some of the things you've learned this week that you're excited to try? Uh, we focused a lot on um, having the kids learn to team with each other and learn to collaborate because we want to uh, transition, transition them to a student learning environment um, you know, where we as teachers are on this, the guide on the side rather than the sage on the stage. And that's really, really different for our students. Um, last year when I tried it, students told me, you're supposed to be the teacher. It doesn't seem like you are. And that's because they're not used to that way of learning. Right. It's a completely different mindset when the students are the ones leaving the classroom. With the, as you said, the stage, I mean, the stage on the stage up front. Are there certain projects that, that you're looking forward to being like, I think this might be the one that really gets the students to crystallize that understanding of like their learning and working together? I have a lot planned for this year. First of all, I want to do a blog with them, a daily blog, so they have a voice and I want them to focus on um, a growth mindset and what does that mean to really empower them because our students from my viewpoint, when I compare with past students from other districts, they lack a lot of confidence. They're very talented, but their talent isn't acknowledged. They have great ideas, but maybe their ideas aren't heard. So I want to make sure that their talent and their ideas are heard and acknowledged. Um, second of all, we do research at Forest Park Middle School, and my students are always excited because it's not a paper with me. It's a multimedia project. So um, the first week of school, I have the kids take a survey about how they learn. And then that's how I differentiate my class besides using the IEPs. And then I coach them throughout. Like you could be walking into my classroom and, you know, different groups might be working on different things because it's the way and how they learn. Um, so some kids might be reading a closed caption on a video. Some kids might be listening to it. Some kids might be... Uh, printing out articles and reading them or reading them online and highlighting them. Some kids are translating so they can read. Mm. That kind of stuff. Well, it sounds like you have a lot going on in your classroom at one time. Is it, with the technology, is it hard to keep everything straight with the students? Like making sure that everyone is doing and learning the best way they can that they're not kind of falling into. Hey, my buddy is watching the video. I'm going to watch a video. As well that way. Uh, no, because they don't get headphones, unless they're audio uh, learners or if it's on their IEP. Um, and if you scaffold it, they, no, I don't, oh, just in the beginning, a couple of weeks, I move the groups together. But then all of a sudden they realize that they have different, um, that they have different interests. So, and they like to do things that are interesting to them. I might give them discussing like computer viruses. I might give them four ways to curate their information or to construct their information and knowledge and about six different ways that they could demonstrate their knowledge of what they've learned. 
and then I give the models of each one. So what are some ways that you have seen students grow because of using technology? Well, um, I've seen them become more confident. I've seen them participate more in class. I had one little girl to say, now I like science. <laughs> um, and it was probably because of what which took an interest in my class. Um, I, the kids tell me, well, your class is difficult. And I say, that's because you're used to playing games. I go, but now you can make money with the skills. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, can make money. <laughs> and they feel like somebody. Um, I have a lot of kids that I have year after year, and they never asked to get out of my class. Because they say, well, if you don't want to be here again, it's because it's never the same class. And I'm always trying to you know, promote new skills or promote new applications or find new things. So I'm just lucky that the kids are cooperating that way. Yeah, middle school can be tough sometimes trying to get them to cooperate and work together. Like I know I worked in elementary school and I was fifth grade all the way, but around halfway through the year in fifth grade, it was like independent, independent, independent. So I can understand that knowing that those kids that I'm sending up to you. Sixth and eighth grade are the easiest. In the middle grade (laughs) is, for me, very, very challenging. Um, Eighth grade, you can justify we're going to have to work this way in high school and don't you want to be selected for your choice of high school. And in sixth grade, they're they're kind of shy because it's, oh, wow, I'm in this big school um, and I have different teachers and I have different kids, you know, different classmates because, you know, we get students from a number of different elementary schools so they're willing like they're willing to follow well has that ever been difficult getting students because you're getting students from a number of different schools within the district has it been difficult getting them like everybody onto the same page with technology or no because i scaffold so much i guess um we might have different levels like we're creating a powerpoint about you know all about me so they can introduce themselves You might have different kids that know different features or commands, Um, or I might see a child that's trying to align, you know, three different things and they're working really hard at it and I just go around saying, hey, you can click twice and then do a line. And they're like, wow, that's magic. So there's always a lot more to learn. And then kids can teach kids because I'll say now, now go around and show three kids that skill. I have them up and moving. Um, so they're not so sedimentary. Um, and the only thing that I ask for is that they just don't talk loud um, because it's a safety issue with me. We have to be able to hear announcements, the fire drill, and we have to be able to think. And right. thinking isn't talking in my book. <laughs> One of the things the district likes to do is at the beginning of the year, the week before PD, they have all the new IR teachers come. If you had the opportunity to stand up and come whether technology based or not. Let's just say I've worked in four districts and this is the most awesome district. People are friendly, people help each other, um, people are always open to new ideas. Um, the sky's the limit. You know, but just start easy for you and be on your own path and then pull us in when you need like to. Since you've been teaching for a while now, what is something that you learn that you know now that you wish you would have known? That all that Technology isn't grade level, that technology by itself is important to learn, that it integrates, and that my, instead of teaching technology, I'm teaching students how to learn what's best for them in their other classes, because that's what's going to make them high achievers. Well, thank you again for your time. I know this is a busy week. It is a busy week after all, and there's lots of things going on, especially the Friday before semester. So thank you. Yeah.
thank you. It's been quite an honor. I appreciate it. much for that. Uh, What I loved about that interview was how she told us how she keys in on students' ideas and talents and uh, makes sure that they are heard and acknowledged. I think that is so critical, especially at the middle school age. And I feel bad even putting it that way, concentrating on just those middle school grades, because so many people say that they're just, you know, I don't want to say forgotten, but you know what I mean. Um, But it sounds like Sheila does a fabulous job on um, empowering her students, using technology, giving them that voice and choice that we're always talking about. I loved how she talked about the fact that she has students coming from different schools and different levels, but she's able to differentiate and scaffold using technology so that in the end, the students are engaged in everything that she's learning. I mean, you can't say much more than that. I'll try to say a little bit more than that, Suzanne, but it's not going to be easy. Um, I really did pick up, uh, you know, Mike did an excellent job speaking with Sheila. Really, in my background with technology, it's always interesting to see, uh, and I work with educators all the time, uh, every different level, regarding the implementation of technology. So, especially in this instance, where Sheila has students coming from different schools uh, in the elementary level to the middle school level. Uh, scaffolding that instruction so that everybody's on the same level. You know, I'm sure, Mike, you picked up on this as well. That's just one of the heavy hitters. We see this all the time working with folks when we're talking about Brightspace, uh, myself with MCAS, uh, Dino, a bunch of things that we have going on, right? It's that scaffolding approach that tends to be the most effective. Yeah, and that's not just in regards to technology, but even in the classroom in general. The teachers who are going to succeed with their students are the ones who can scaffold them up to where they need to be. Not just, this is how it works, but this is how, like, make it internal for them. And it sounds like she's doing a great job with that. I love the fact that, like, she's able to take the stuff that she learned from outside the district, bring it into the district, and... I think she mentioned like in her second year at Kylie, like her class, like won video awards, which is great because in technology, like using tools and like being recognized for it and doing it well has to make those students really confident in being able to use any tool that is given to them. Absolutely. That was the other piece I, I meant to mention earlier was the fact that she encourages students to teach each other so that the, the the teachers are really just facilitators and the students are the ones who are teaching each other. And uh, again, that whole empowering piece that is just priceless. Awesome job. So for this week, we have our question of the week, which is really the question of the month. We just don't have a fancy name for it yet, but how do you use taking digital, how do you use digital notes in the classroom? Do you do it? Do you use OneNote? What is that like for you? Let us know. You can message us on Yammer. You can message us on Twitter. I am Mike, SPS, DLA. And I'm Suzanne, SPS, DLA. 
I'm Brendan, yet to create a Twitter account, but I will have one soon. Brendan knows what Twitter is, so we're good there. Um, so we're also on Yammer. We have a Yammer group set up directly for this podcast, or you can post it to the all group. There is also the way to contact us through DLA support at springfieldpublicschools.com. We get your messages that way. And of course, if you are still not as tech savvy, but you're listening to the podcast, we are so excited you are, and you still want to comment, you can send us snail mail through inter-office mail. So that's it for this week. I'm Mike Thomas. I'm Suzanne Zargis. I'm Brendan Reed. And we'll see you next week.